Good evening, primetime partiers. It's primetime party time. Welcome back to our hour of all things media and entertainment, live on the air at 9 p.m. at ptptshow.com and on your time, wherever you stream podcasts. Tonight, we are going to dish on TV theme songs. Original scores always have a story of how they came to be. Within the theme song, sometimes you find out the mood of the show, or in some cases, the entire plot. We'll cover shows that are both old and new, kind of the concept of different theme songs and what they tell you about the show itself. Hi, Daniel. How's it going? Hello, Tracy. The entire plot, you say. Is that a tease? I hope we get oh, the... It's uh... a tease for one particular one. <laughs> Ooh, okay, good. I'm excited about that one because I don't know which one you're referring to just yet. Before oh, we... we'll see get into all of that um yes. yeah good evening what are you toasting to what are you roasting to this week ah my toast is i got to see my cousin graduate from college which is very exciting she's about six years younger than me so slightly younger but you know already one up me with a master's degree so wow. you go gen z you go <laughs> big congratulations yeah. that's awesome yeah, very big congratulations. Very excited to see what she ends up deciding to do. She's a real go-getter. Uh, loves her some Leslie Nope and like really see that in her. <laughs> so I know she's gonna really she's gonna really go for it. And I'm very excited to see her her next chapter, as they would say in a very sentimental way. In my TV toast, because I kind of do a separate toast just for television these days, is I've been rewatching Kim's Convenience, and I love it. I would really like to know when they are going to put the next season on Netflix again. So, again, was you know. it taken down? No, um, just that they have up to season four, but mm -hmm. I know they've filmed season five. Oh. And I just don't know. And it's been released, I think, in Canada, but not on streaming services, just like on the whatever the provider is. And I just want to know when it will get to me, you know, selfishly. I'm like, but when do I know? Because the season four ends on quite a cliffhanger that you're like, I would like to know. Yeah. I would really like to know. And uh, my roast, my my week wasn't too roasty, really. I mean... I feel like I might have felt differently last week saying this now. <laughs> I was like, I probably was feeling more roasty at the time, but as I've allowed myself to marinate, less roasty. But the one thing I will say is I did do some post-vax traveling, and I do feel like I have someone who's done quite a bit of like international travel, but something about just going like a couple states over and having like being in central time to Pacific like messes me up more. Where you get going jet like 16 on hours ahead. You know, it's not so much jet lag of just being like always a little tired. Uh, okay. All right. <laughs> and I was with my cousin who's not a huge coffee fan. And I did like one day sans coffee. Oh. And I was and I was like, we can do and I kind of was on the buzz of excitement. But then the second day I was just like, so when we pick up these bagels, I'm uh I'ma get a coffee <laughs> <laughs> next door happening it's necessary. and then um <laughs> and then in the afternoon i was like so i will be requiring another cup <laughs> yeah uh, no, i'm with you on sequel. that afternoon cup for sure for sure yeah 
And I remember going to this cafe and being like, she was like, she got like a really cool drink, like a oolong chai latte. I was like, that's dope. Mm-hmm. I would do that if I was well rested. And instead, I was like, I'll be getting the 20 ounce cold brew, please. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that exactly. I can just like get through this life. Yeah. Like I, I really do do not function super well without my my regular dose of caffeine. So that's always that's always fun. But I realized that later because I was like, why is it so extra easy to stay up late here? And then the mornings feel so hard. And I was just like, it's just a little bit different. Mm-hmm. So sometimes that is a thing. The other thing of, you know traveling after not traveling in a year plus is I took Southwest and it was good. They're very, you know, safe and whatever, but Hmm. they did claim to have this free Wi-Fi on the plane that allowed you to watch their free movies and stuff. So I attempted to watch a movie and it very much brought me back to the early 2000s where you had to wait for things to buffer and it would just oh, like wow. stop playing for an indefinite period of time. And at a certain point, I was like, um, no, this is not serving me. <laughs> I cannot handle this. I've lived too long and gotten too far to just have endless buffering. Yeah. No, the, the, the viewing on the planes experience is supposed to be one of those that's just like so much better than what you'd think it is. Yeah, I really do think like they were trying to, I don't know what the goal was with the having people stream on their own devices versus having the little screensies in the chair. I mean, perhaps it's an experiment. I'm going to oh, just go out did. there okay. and say this experiment is kind of okay. a fail. Someone or I wonder if they put that on the three hour flights. Okay. Because they're just like, eh, it's not worth you having a full screen. But yeah no i'm a it's a no for me on that one i i mean it makes sense you're in the air don't know how great the wi-fi could be i'm not one of those people that always buys wi-fi on the plane when they travel some people do this i kind of just i'm always like i'm offline yeah no when i'm in the sky i am watching movies i'm reading books probably sleeping at some point Though on a lot of long haul flights in the past, I usually would just be like, arrive, be like, how you feel? And be like, I watched 13 movies. <laughs> <laughs> Some like absurd amount. Yeah. But yeah. You can uh, download What's a... your toast and roast for okay. this week? Uh, toast this week goes out to No Ho Hot Chicken. Uh, this is a small little place, uh, here locally for me in North Hollywood. And I've been seeing its rise over the past year. It started off as like a tent outside of Rite Aid. And then they had this like really nondescript, like now it is a food truck, but it's not a food truck. It was a nondescript grip truck that they, (laughs) it looks like they just bought. And now it's painted. And and, I mean, they're fully legit. They keep up like a, a really nice Yelp page and whatnot. Uh, and they're, they're just really like, I decided to finally go, go to them because yeah, I've just, whenever you're driving along, I'm always kind of like, Oh, okay. They're still doing it. Oh, okay. Wow. That's an upgrade. Oh, that's really fun. And I think, uh, I, I love the idea that they're just in the script truck, but, um, yeah, finally went, uh, and enjoyed it and, and, and took some back to, to, for my viewing of Mitchell's versus the machines, which I also really, really enjoyed. Uh, so that was a fun movie with a great emotional core. 
and it was nice to to have some to have some good local chicken uh, with it. Uh, Ooh. But I will say, and if if you're coming from my direction to grab it, you have to pass this this uh, intersection called Linkersham, and perhaps I'll do a, a more thorough roast on this thing later. I want to learn the history of this because it is it's it's a nonsensical like seven street intersection or something like that, just like right in the middle of the grid of the valley, and it, it makes no sense to me. Um, my I feel real we're on the cusp of like a Californian's. Segment. yeah exactly right yeah <laughs> where like on a certain time each week it'll be like the 405 according to daniel <clears throat> <laughs> this is that that is my favorite <laughs> snl segment uh specifically really yeah because it's so i don't know it's it's one of those where it's just like it's the writing so is yeah. spot on too like if you actually check the directions and the jokes yeah. they're accurate yeah, yeah exactly yeah it's uh it's pretty fantastic and uh i'm feeling it out here right now uh but for like a real roast i guess like as far as just like in the it's not really the tv world but sometimes when i'm working i like to have something on a monitor that's you know just a, a little low effort but somewhat fun to always look to so i've started watching that like game that was popularized last year call of duty Warzone. And Ooh. it's like a, it's just like one of those battle royales. So there's a lot of great content creators that'll go and they'll make videos. And I watch on YouTube, which I'm finding is not the way to watch this. I guess they also stream on Twitch, and it's fun because they're doing all these deals where it's like they'll, you know, like if someone's promoting something, they'll play with them. So you can watch like Michael B. Jordan uh, playing Warzone, or, oh. or you know, a, a bunch of athletes are getting into it now as far as like That's basketball players and whatnot. As long as they're not saying anything abhorrent on stream, uh, usually it works out pretty well. And uh, but I, I will say it's kind of tough because it's it's I, I I'm failing to get into it as like a active entertainment because the YouTube, like the game of posting the matches on YouTube is very much like, oh, the the meta of this game is you have to, you know, use like this equipment or whatever. And, and it changes every week so that they can get views. I, I don't think Twitch has that, but the YouTube like thumbnail game is kind of exhausting to a point. Uh, and so, yeah, I don't know. I, I highly recommend it as entertainment, uh, but I don't recommend the platform that I am consuming the entertainment on. Uh, but I am I do enjoy watching when I'm not exhausted by the YouTube game. Um, <laughs> with, and uh, even then, some of the shows, uh, some some of the creators are getting their own intro. Uh, music and intro themes and uh, uh, little title sequences uh, before their matches going. So that's also fun to watch. And now we can talk about some of those that show up in actual television. Where do you want to start? Like every well, show does this. Let's start at the very beginning. Okay. A very good place to start. So how did TV theme songs come to be? According to the Kennedy Center, if you go all the way back to the 1940s, when having a television was not super prominent, um, TV shows had opened with some peppy music with usually catchy words. 
And according to this article, they say in the earliest years, the theme song had only one point, according to Robert Thompson, a professor of television and popular culture at Syracuse University. And that purpose was to be the first commercial in the program. So back in those early years, one company would sponsor a whole show. All the commercials would be for that one thing. The show would even have the company's name in this instance, like the Texaco Star Theater, which was sponsored by the oil and gasoline company. So that's just kind of going really far back into what was the first purpose of a TV theme song. But as we're seeing in a lot of the theme songs that we find beloved to us and to all, is that a lot of them either have to do with the heart of the show, how it's composed, why it's composed, will kind of usually explain these details through song. Um, but we're really specifically here looking at original theme songs of television shows. And I say this specifically because if we were to include anime, it would be its own episode because they go about the concept very differently and have so much material that it would just overflow this episode. So we're really going over like how a title song is composed, how it fits with the greater score of the show, um, where do you see it being licensed from? Because it all kind of sheds some light on both the creators and the show itself. So Daniel, what are some shows you want to talk about to kind of get into this discussion and kind of have, where theme songs find their purpose today? Yeah, um, I'm very, I am very, I am so glad we're not doing uh, advertisement theme songs anymore. It's uh, <laughs> right. an interesting fun fact. Uh, Friends with Colgate. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I like to think about these, I think, like, in three ways, right? Uh, the first way that I like to think about it is when the title song is composed by the greater series' composer and fits with, like, the greater score. Uh, not unlike Jay Wright's primetime party time theme. Uh, Shout out. Yeah. The, sometimes uh, these are, like, I find these a lot in dramas, and... Oftentimes, if the like title card for a drama is, is too short to display a, a lot of the over the line kind of like credits uh, that you'd get in in like longer premium ones, uh, like premium outlets, like the, these go for like minutes. Um, yeah. But the yeah, uh, usually you'll at least get a created by credit, and usually you know you'll get some cast info, and and you know to. To the point where you get the most, you get um, tons and tons of above the line credits. And there are, it, it's tough because the longer it goes, it, it feels like the harder it is for a series that has, you know, as the, epi as the episode catalog grows and grows and grows, there's a reason that all the streaming services now give you an option to skip the credits. Uh, but uh, there are some that I, do have, have an affinity toward. Um, most recently, it's Nicholas Bertel's Succession. Uh, I have not skipped that one yet. I quite enjoy uh, that main theme. And the uh, sort of the video that goes along with that. Uh, other ones to shout out is like Dave Porter's Breaking Bad in this case. Uh, this one's really quick. Only has the created by segment. Um, but 
I do. I I love that it fits the overall like soundscape of the score that Porter does for the rest of the series, and I absolutely love when the entire theme that plays during this intro uh, is played in full in a penult in the penultimate episode. Uh, and that stuff's really fun. Uh, this is also stuff like uh, Ludwig Göransson's. Uh, the Mandalorian uh, recently. Stranger Things is one that I really like. Oh, yeah. Um, and a big part of why I really adore 24 in this case uh, is because of its composer, Sean Callery. And the title song in the later seasons doesn't really play. Like, uh, you, you get this title card and you get a previously segment. Um, and then the the actual, like, production credits uh, are over, like, the first five minutes of the episode. But... In the first season, there was this kind of really cheesy Kiefer Sutherland narration um, to get you up to speed. And Sean Cowery's like Jack Bauer theme would play under it in a very soft way uh, that opens up like the the actual theme song as it is, uh, as a released song. And the end credits will play the rest of the theme. Um, I do really, really enjoy that. And I, I love that that theme plays throughout each episode of the series and the the intro title will kind of like guide you into the soundscape of the greater score of, of the series. And I, and I think it does a lot to, to make a drama like really coherent. Um, yeah, there are a billion great uh, articles and song exploder episodes on, on some of these like originally uh, composed title songs, I, I suppose is the way to put it. Um, did yeah. you, before I guess we, we get into category two, were there any like uh, category ones that you wanted to sort of um, Shout speak out. to? Yeah. Yeah. I'll talk about some though. I'm sure a few of these will fit into some of these other categories going up, but I do have some that have some fun facts. Okay. One of them kind of shedding on the like, creator relationship to the composition is there are some where they're intertwined and one of them would be bob's burgers which is mostly a kind of lightly strummed ukulele that's like and what i also like is they do do an outro that is specifically related to the exact episode's content that they usually change in each outro. That's fun. And it's sometimes just kind of like a joke that they made that was like kind of sprinkled throughout the episode and then that's the outro song. But part of, and this is according to IndieWire, but part of the secret of what made the perpetual misadventures of the Belchers such a regular delight for the better part of a decade comes from the bright ukulele strains of this opening theme composed by the actual show creator, what? Lauren Bouchard himself. Up at the top of every episode, it's a friendly reminder that this is a family and a show motivated by true affection for these characters. It's instrumental breeziness that never feels too precious but has an undeniable warmth to it. The perfect vehicle for animal puns, noise machines, and groans of insecurity. Very accurately put from IndieWire.com's feature on the best TV theme songs of the 21st century. And I do have a few more quotes from this particular article, but we'll include it in the show notes, just saying it for now. And another one I'll say before we get into some of the other things on our categories is, and this is also like a personal fun fact, is the Scrubs theme song is Superman by the group Laszlo Bane. Kind of a one-hit wonder. That was apparently actually not quite original. 
because it was on a soundtrack of a very indie film. No way. Yeah, before it ended up being the theme song. And the series star, Zach Braff, actually convinced the co-creator, not the co, the actual creator, Bill Lawrence, to use the tune and even eventually directed the music video for the song. And it was used up until season nine, which is kind of their more funky final season. But yeah, because then they ended up doing like a new version of that same song that kind of didn't sit well with everyone. But my personal fun fact is that when I had my own radio show, I liked to use a segment for indie theme songs. And one of the ones I played when one of my friends from back home actually listened because I had a 4 a.m. show. So she only listened because she was on her way to Catalina Island. And I did this particular song, the I'm no Superman. And is so I have I have enjoyed that song. There are some theme songs that I actually put on playlists because I like the full length song and usually only get a snippet mm-hmm. from the show. And then you get all the other verses and you're like, this is a bop. So those are my couple intros into TV theme songs and the backstories. I like come across. I like that Zach Braff story. I, I, I like when um I like when like principal cast or I, I always love hearing production stories where people yeah. like outside of the department of the work they're doing like are able to sort of contribute in those aspects. Like one of my favorite behind the scenes stories of the office is how um is it John Krasinski like a lot of the video footage you see in the intro is was taken by him. Like as soon as he got the role, he was like on a road oh. trip out there and it's just like him out the car, like as he's driving Shooting around. Like, <laughs> yeah, like around the time they were going to film the first episode. It's, it's kind of amazing. Uh, I, yeah, I really love that stuff. Um, yeah, okay. So this, so, okay. So my other two, like I'm just trying to like figure out how to organize my thoughts around these. Cause like, like you said, like there's just a, a billion different ways to do it. And TV's, yes. you know, what, how old at this point? Uh, from uh, jingles to like large orchestrations, very kind of parallel to the shows themselves, how they started off manicured in a certain way and then became, you know, the golden age of television with series long plots. The theme songs kind of are reflective of the intentions of what TV was at that time. So there's a lot of, yeah, there's, it's quite a large web (laughs) we can spin with the theme songs. But our second category is a title song is composed specifically for the TV series, but performed outside of the series greater score. And the examples that we've included from this are new girls, Zoe Deschanel. Who's that girl? And then we have the Fresh Prince. I will not do that one. It's too long. Um, <laughs> we all know how to do it. Um, and Nickelodeon shows like iCarly. So when we're looking at these shows that are curated and composed for the TV show, but they don't really show up as a light motif throughout or really mentioned again. I think they're more kind of going in the direction of more vintagey classic TV. I think with New Girl, that could almost be intentional. Since yeah, okay. 
you know, her character, Jessica Day, is kind of supposed to be this, like, lover of all things retro. And that's her style. And the song is kind of in this, I mean, and she's in this band, she and him, that does mostly, like, kind of 50s, 60s inspired music and covers. So it's not surprising to me that that also went into kind of this, like, peppy, like, jingle kind of direction and I think that is true that you see this a lot in comedies but I will bring one that is the antithesis to this Ooh, okay which is what I put in the intro as the nice little hook for people to keep listening to at the 25 minute mark so if you're still here you got a treat is crazy ex-girlfriend so the theme song for Crazy Ex-Girlfriend does change throughout the seasons and it does so according to what's going on into the show. But the first season itself is quite notable when you're getting into it because you're getting a catch up on the whole beginning, like where she started from, because it goes through that I was working a lot at a New York job and it was making me blue. One day I was crying a lot and so I decided to move to West Covina, California, new job and new career. It happens to be where Josh lives, but that's not why I'm here. And it's all about her that going through that is she starts the first entire episode is her going like, I'm upset with my job in law school. I ran into Josh, made me think I should just move to West Covina where he lives because he's moving back home because like maybe we can reconnect that way and it's when she's kind of talking to her other female friend that she meets there and is relaying like well I didn't move here for him but it kind of is that she did and the characters throughout the show even sometimes say it in passing like as a conversation which is supposed to be like a wink of like, you know, she's a crazy ex-girlfriend. That's a sexist term, which is something that they put throughout in the kind of chorus of the song. So that is one where they, and she is a series creator who both sings the song and she helped with the writing as well as Adam Schlesinger. And so, and she has a theater background. So not surprised that it goes in this direction because it's a musical comedy. So a lot of the songs are created for that purpose. So that is probably why you see this depart a little bit because it's it's mostly comedy, a little bit of drama. So it could go into that dramedy area. But that is one where it is sprinkled throughout, although it is a comedy and although it does focus on the main character. It kind of, it comes up as a leitmotif but then in other seasons, they will tweak it a bit. So, but you kind of do circle back to it a yeah. lot because it's like the original phase of the show. So even as they kind of go, you know, as shows do farther and farther and out from the center from which it started, you do come back to it of like, this is how everyone got into the show. This was like the beginning of this character arc. And you are kind of watching to see, like, how is this going to go? <laughs> and the theme song reminds you of it each episode of the first season. So that's that, one that's pretty fun. That, okay, so that's the example. That's amazing. I, yes, 
that okay that's a that's a wonderful example um and that is a wonderful how many theme songs do song the pilot for <laughs> yeah right um i actually i needed that theme song i remember when i watched crazy ex-girlfriend i think i was like making dinner when it was put on and so i really didn't actually understand what the hell i was watching until that song <laughs> appears uh and, and then you're kind of like oh yeah I'm, I'm i'm in for this ride this is this is fantastic it holds it together because it's true when you're watching a show that's really zany and goes in a lot of different kind of directions with like the comedy and like the songs that take up a certain amount of the time you do kind of need to be like jerked back on like okay so but the plot and what i'm following is this yeah so that's it's an interesting way that they've used the theme song to guide your focus which I think, I just can't think of a lot of shows that do that. So I'm going to give them that. No. I'm give them that as a very unique, you know, distinction amongst other theme songs. Yeah, I, I do think that should be appreciated. It's, yeah, um, I, I, I really like these. Uh, I, I like how much tone is granted to them when, when a series does it well. And I also, like, there's something really just warm about some of the old ones. Like, even, uh, I don't know, like, I love those where it's just like, all right, we contracted, like, the Remembrance <laughs> to play the, the Friends theme, and it's just, like, so broadcast style how, like, the, the credits come up, and there's really no, like, motion graphics happening, and, and it's just, like, a song, some, like, episode clips some titles that they made and it's all, it, I don't know, the, the weird old broadcast feeling is kind of wonderful. It uh, almost feels stop motion-y, even though I yeah, don't think it no, is. No, totally. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. I also, some uh, animation does this category like really, really well. Very uh, true. I don't know if anybody remembers Liberty's Kids, but that theme song was performed by Aaron Carter in the height of his fame and Kayla Hinkle. And uh, yeah, I don't know. I it's, that, that one's an all-timer. Um, the Emmy-winning, minute-long theme song for 16. Uh, that, yeah, this, uh, if, if you have, uh, maybe I'll link the 16 intro in the show notes. Please do. This one's hilarious because it's like these, these shows only have 22 minutes. Uh, so you're usually clocking in at like 20 to 30 seconds for one of these intros. Uh, like we're not on the premium networks here. No. Uh, but th- this, this, song is so confident that they just play a full minute before the episode starts uh it's like you get the gist of the show you understood what's happened like the the second half of the intro has no new information they just love the song so much they're just like yeah fine let it play uh and yeah i want a daytime emmy it's perfect uh we did an episode on jackie chan adventures and that had a really weird one for the end of its first season where they just repurposed we just punk ass bitch uh, to have its own lyrics for Jackie Chan Adventures with like zero difference otherwise to the song and then yeah. dropped it completely for the Jackie Chan Adventures theme song in subsequent seasons. Um, yeah. Uh, it, and then of course, you know, sometimes you'll get an animated series where they just kind of pull something together from the first three episodes and it never gets updated. So you're like 50 episodes in and you're still watching like scenarios and characters that have not been relevant for 40 episodes and uh, you're kind of just like, sweet. Um, yeah, I guess that gets into like the anime version of that mostly. Um, but yeah. Uh, and then I have for- another animation example okay. if I can interject, which I think you'll agree with because it starts with in the 90s. <laughs> oh, oh. 
Ooh, this is one of my favorite shows. TV show. That is another one where you actually are getting the theme song giving you the intro slash background on the main character, which is interesting because it it's all about Bojack being his washed up horse actor self. <laughs> That, and that's, I think, also a fun one where they use it as the intro. I think they also use it a little bits of it as the outro. I think they too. use it as the outro. Isn't the intro the like, it, it's it's mostly like a sax-based kind of like yes. drug-fueled, you know, uh, party, you know, uh, I guess, just yes. Bojack kind of, uh, what's the term I want to use? I can't think of it right now, but I adore uh, adore that intro and i adore that it evolves as the series evolves yes um, yeah that one's that one's really fun uh yeah and then there you know are a bunch of these songs that kind of get licensed from popular music into yes. uh into intro sequences um you know we've talked about chuck's short skirt long jacket on this show uh, you know, House's Teardrop by Mezzanine was probably the first time I paid attention oh. to this, where I was like, how do I listen to the House theme song outside of watching the first minute of House? Uh, and, and then when there's a full song attached, because they only use like the first 20 seconds, and then there's a full yeah. song after. And I was just kind of like, my mind was blown. I was like, oh, okay, so this is what they do. Um, yeah, this, this, one's, this one's pretty fun. Uh, honestly, one of my favorite examples of this is... Uh, really one of my favorite examples of pretty much anything we could probably talk about in TV. The Wire's Way Down in the Hole kind of does a hybrid approach uh, where the original song was written by Tom Waits like in the 80s. And oh, yes. Yeah, and they, for the first season of the show, use a version by the Blind Boys of Alabama. And I couldn't really tell if it was written for the show for it was made just before the show came out and the show decided to choose that version. But then as the sort of focus of each season changes in The Wire, uh, the theme song will change to fit it more appropriately. So whereas Tom Waits' version doesn't really fit uh, season one of The Wire, it does fit really well season two's premise of The Wire. And so they'll use that for the 10 episodes of season two. Uh, and then I, at least the fourth and I want to say fifth seasons were actually contracted and, and, and they made versions specifically for the show's seasons. Um, the, I want to say, I, I believe the fifth season was created, the fifth season's version was created for the show because Steve Earle performs it and he also plays a character during the later seasons of The Wire. Um, oh. That's a really fun example. I have a similar one, oh? which is Weeds. So mm. the intro is originally the song Little Boxes by Malvina Reynolds. And if you're not familiar, it's the little boxes on the hillside. And it's originally her song where she was an activist. That is a, according to Pace Magazine's article on best songs and the best 50 TV theme songs, um, is that it's a satire on conformity, which they think is very fitting for Weeds since she is, you know, on the outside a soccer mom and then ends up disclosing herself as a drug dealer um, after, you know, her husband's really traumatic demise. So, <laughs> and they show, it goes along with the intro, like, visuals because they show all of these, like, 
kind of track homes that are all the same. And they're kind of trying to show all of that and all this kind of like, you know, they're in this kind of upper crust suburbia where there's a certain, you know, edge of people conform and, you know, they gets into that somewhat Stepford wivesy territory. But the fun thing about this theme song is that they do kind of commission a lot of artists to do the theme song. And I think in the first season, it sticks a lot with the original. But I uh, looked at this article from 2012 from The Hollywood Reporter. That's about weaves, revised little boxes, theme with Ben Folds, Steve Martin, etc. And yeah, just tracking a lot of the, you know, in the second season, they had Elvis Costello, they had Pete Seeger, they had Death Cab for Cutie, Regina Spector, Oz Motley, Randy Newman, The Shins, The Decemberists, as well as in the third season, Ben Folds, Mountain Goats, Dirks Bentley. And also there's, you know, Kevin Nealon, who's on the show with Steve Martin, Mariachi El Bronx, Mountain Goats, and New York-based DIY punks bomb the music industry and women folks to show kind of a female folk band that would be more kind of resounding with the original song. So they go in a, it's pretty much like every genre this... <laughs> kind of band. And I think we even also found that Rise Against did a version of the song at one point. And if you even just look at Regina Spector to Rise Against, large range. <laughs> so, very large range. This is how I found out about this. I was like binging Rise Against songs on like awful quality YouTube in like 2007, 2008. And I came across little boxes, and I came across the Ozamotli version, and I came across another version. I was just like sitting there, like, are we glitching? Like, what the fuck is going on? Like, what, where, what is this? I uh, had no idea it was for the show Weeds. I love that they did this. That's, yeah. that's, um, that's commitment. That's it's that really is. fun. I like to see it. Like, I think when I was younger, and I'm sure it is, um, but I would look at shows like this and go, is there actually a job where you get? people to cover songs like your job is making that happen <laughs> and curating soundtracks like this because that sounds like the best job so yeah i would listen to the episodes or you know watch the episodes and then later kind of try to find and they were always really difficult to download like where do i find until like you know because usually season soundtracks aren't released until the show is really out and so you have to kind of like figure out like, where can I download this song? Will they eventually release this as an iTunes single? What's going on here? So that was always my hunt was finding that. And that's also one of my side note. One of my favorite things to find like in record stores is kind of like these various compilation CDs where you find kind of odd ends like that. Like if they do something like TV theme songs as done by indie artists, which does happen sometimes. Oh, that's fun. Yeah. My college radio station had this like Powerpuff Girls CD called The City of Soundsville. And yes. they would do the theme songs yes. plus like just voice lines. It was just like someone just put together this compilation and put it on a TV and it ended up in the college radio station. Uh yeah, those those sort of like uh CDs that come out after the after the the season's out is, is pretty great. I remember I think I ended up with like the Dexter season four soundtrack on clearance at some point. Yes. Um, why not? Um, and then, yeah, there are, 
there are some shows where where some very dedicated people pull the dialogue out of scenes and they'll upload extended soundtracks for listening pleasure if if, if anybody's really into those or really wants those moments that don't get released on uh uh, if for whatever reason something doesn't get released, though most of the time uh, a good like at least title song uh, will yeah. make charts, uh, make actual charts, and get its way into pop music uh, a lot. I, I, I believe, um, I want to say uh, that's what happened with uh, Fr- Remembrance's Friends theme. I'll be there for you. Uh, also, something we haven't talked about yet. Uh, just want to give a shout out to Tank. Uh, the Cowboy Bebop theme. That's, uh, that's oh, yes. definitely one of the the better. Uh, well, I guess that does that fall into anime. So weird it keeping does. anime out. Yeah, that's. But yeah, to your point, it's a couple. whole different beast. Um, yeah. Mm. So I'm also looking at, as we just brought it up, Billboard.com has an article. It's from a few years back, but on TV theme songs that have made the Billboard charts. And some are pretty older, like ones we can think of, like Peter Gunn, um, and the Batman theme song. Okay. Um, they have the Hawaii Five-O theme song. They have it's a lot of yeah. They the theme song of Happy Days. We have the theme song of Charlie's Angels, Startsky and Hutch, a lot of Dukes of Hazard, a love boat. I do realize a lot of Hill Street Blues, a lot of these older songs or older shows, you know, from Cheers, where everybody knows your name, Miami Vice. I didn't even think about that. Oh, Miami um, Vice, Jan Hammer. Yeah. Yeah. It's Twin interesting. Peaks. Because Miami Vice's theme is a little different than at least I expected going into the series. Most of my 80s knowledge up to the point was probably through the Grand Theft Autos. But uh, I was expecting something like a, a bit more sort of... Because you, you you see those scenes of like the In the Air Tonight and the pilot. And mm. honestly, I would actually argue that, interesting enough, Jan Hammer's like Crockett's theme, which is just the character theme, is more recognized today perhaps in the Miami Vice uh intro theme it, it's just a lot more upbeat than than yeah. you'd expect for the rest of the tone of the series it's true and you have been fact checked cuz I'll be there for oh. you does show up on that so the friends oh. theme song on the top 40 it was a safe bet yeah. also one that i was going to mention is the theme song for Ally McBeal which is searching for my soul it and the reason i'd mentioned this one is because it has an interesting way of living on. And the theme song is similar in, if you're familiar with like Mary Tyler Moore, that's kind of the like you're going to make it after all. Hers is kind of the theme is a lot about like, you know, finding yourself. And But what's fun is it's sung and co-written by Vonda Shepard. And she actually plays a lounge singer that's at the bar in the show that they're at all the time. In every episode, she sings a few songs as the lounge singer. And a lot of, there are a few songs she sings too that kind of play like, you know, if these two kind of love interests are on screen, you'll hear her like sing this like Patsy Cline song, you know, 
throughout the series and or like if they have a flashback she'll be the one singing it so she does kind of the music for everything but then she's also an actual character doing the music and if the other characters want to like get on stage and sing which happens a little bit they'll sing with her so that part is interesting because yeah it is she was a singer outside of being on the show so hence why this one was on kind of the top 40 and it was a very popular show of its time but I also like that the theme song, similar to how we use our composer as also a character on our show. <laughs> that, I know. Am I giving us too much credit? Maybe. But Ally McBeal does have their lounge singer and their theme song. Because another part of that show is she kind of always has music in her head. Not so far off from modern day show Zoe Extraordinary Playlist, which I think we've drawn those comparison before on similar and other past episodes but because of that you kind of are going through when the lounge singer is singing as like oh it's almost like an extension of like an inner monologue because a lot of them become pretty like lucid in that way with actual you know guest appearances doing the singing but in the beginning it's a lot of just like her singing in the background and you're like oh yeah this is what she's feeling right now so yeah, that's another one. Honorable mention is the Sopranos theme song, Woke Up This Morning. It was also top 40. I know a lot of people really like that one. It was a pretty and... iconic one. It's also, yeah, that was it's one of those songs you'd hear everybody kind of, that's it's one of those ones that's like also two minutes long before streaming, so you can never skip it. Um, but no. to its credit, so good at kind of... Uh, kind of giving you the tone and, and getting to watch. Um, it, it's fun in the, some of those sequences because like one, you're bumping along to the song, but two, you're always waiting for like certain images to come up in the theme. I feel yeah. like the Sopranos did that really well um, with like, I, I always remember like, Oh, like when's, when's like the, the butcher shop going to come up in, in the intro credits and stuff like that. And Oh, like we get to watch him drive into his driveway and like yeah. the, all of the time getting to, to the start of the episode was sort of like this, recurring journey um that worked really well for the show and getting to a couple of more current day themes and i am sorry to say i didn't think of this because it now seems very obvious that um hannah montana's the best of both worlds <laughs> would be oh. on the top 40 for theme songs and to mention that that actually also is a theme song that derives the central plot of the show. <laughs> um, would you like to know what the show is about? It's about <laughs> two worlds. I have the best of them. That's so funny. I forgot the Hannah Montana show had a had like that plot to it. Um, yeah, I mean, we all know the words to it, but we just no, kind we do. Of we can sing right forget. now. But... And speaking of Regina Spector earlier, is the "You've Got Time" from Orange Is the New Black. Which oh. That one also skipped my brain a little bit. So that's a good one. I wouldn't be surprised because I want to say, ooh, live fact check. Oh, what are you the, looking up? I'm pretty sure, yeah, that creator of Weeds, Genji Cohen. Is she also the creator of Orange is the New Black? She is. And so it makes sense that she did little boxes for weeds and then got recruited to do theme song for orange is the new black 
so okay. Um, I've been so trying. That's to, a bigger, bigger slot for sure. <laughs> absolutely, I've been trying to look up something too. Uh, do you remember the the like not Teen Titans Go, but the original Teen Titans on Cartoon yes. Network? Yes. So the artists that did that theme song, Puffy Amiyumi, got their own show afterwards that they also did their theme song for that was also broadcast on Cartoon Network and probably made by the same studio. I uh, think so, due to the animation being incredibly similar. Did they just nail the theme song so well that they gave them their own show? Is that what I happened? would love to think so. I was definitely the target audience for that show. I had the CDs. I went to many a date myself tower records when it was still open <laughs> to get puffy Amy Yumi albums that's and watch the show i was really into it well my uh, sister had and it i also was the... really into teen titans so i was just like watching all of them at and, the same time yeah and if you got the puffy Amy Yumi like album it gave you the teen titans theme like as the last track down yes. at the bottom like just like here's a bonus um and i believe like track one was was their theme song hi hi yeah uh, that's fun. I wonder, I'm trying to figure it out. I, I, I my headcanon is like, that's what happened. Like they were like, Oh wow, this is, this is amazing. Um, let's give these rock stars that we got this theme song for our superhero show. Like, let's just give them their own show. I mean, the only other show I can really think of, of a band getting their own show is in the sixties, the monkeys. Mm. And, um, I want to say, yeah, listener feedback. You guys can fact check me. But I know Carol King and one of her other co-writers wrote a lot for the Monkees TV show. And that's like Last Train to Clarksville and other things like that. The other show that I will mention, even though it's kind of like out there, I can think of another musical family <laughs> got their own TV show. And that would definitely be the Osbournes. <laughs> Oh, oh. <laughs> but in a very different way, since that's reality TV. But mm -hmm. and, you know, a few musicians do end up getting reality TV just because they're in that kind of celebrity world. But Puffy Amiumi is very specific because they are theme song writers that then get their own show outside of the small bubble of musicians that get their own TV show. They're out on their own of like how many composers slash bands get their own show afterwards? Because you have to write with the same people. Like, they're so show worthy. That is definitely one that I want to revisit, and maybe we will do a Ghost of Prince times past. I'm down in the future. I'm kind of down. It'll, it, it'll be a wormhole to get a hold of this content. Cartoon Network, please deliver. <laughs> oh yeah, can we watch? Well, here's something that we can watch. Uh, mm -hmm. What I have learned is that the series' original pilot that wasn't broadcast was mm -hmm. uploaded to Vimeo like three years ago. That's uh, what we like to hear. So there's got to be there's got to be some way. Uh, I'm I'm fully down so. for a Ghost of Prime Times Pass on Puffy Amy. Like, let's find out what happened there. Um, I know you heard it here first, guys. We we're spiraling out theme songs, <laughs> becoming shows, and then becoming episodes of us that we do on shows. <laughs> If you thought we were meta before, right? we're really getting there now. Now, but Puffy Amiyumi and Teen Titans itself, great theme song. Yeah. Teen Titans. Truth, truth told, like at the, at the end of the day, there's just, there's so many different directions a show there are. can go with in order to essentially like 
you know, how, how some sort of, you know, title, title song, title sequence, uh, you know, they're, they're the long versions of the ones that their composer creates. And yeah. there are the ones that focus on the talent or the, uh, the general feel and give you like a fun theme song to jam out to, uh, to get excited for the episode. And, and sometimes you just get a title card and, and it plays during the credits that the volume's off because there's a, you know, ad for whatever's coming up next anyways. Uh, and, and you barely ever hear the, the title sequence song. Yeah. I mean, pop theme songs do become like a part of pop culture and it's if you listen to any genre of music you can get drawn in to a theme song and know all of it even if you are not a fan of whatever the composer did but if you love the show you'll really be locked into it it's like everyone who's born from pretty much 90 to 99 can just recite the pokemon theme song at any point yeah yeah of consciousness <laughs> not not verse two but absolutely <laughs> verse one uh, absolutely at any time anytime i'm needed to absolutely it's it's burned in your brain so i think that is kind of what's what is a nice like closing note on theme songs is that they are kind of this unifier across when you get to these like really big tv shows that most like when we're looking at our prime time type of shows that everyone's kind of diving into to be a part of a certain cultural moment to get into the comedy that everyone's saying is like going to be the next x y and z that is where you get into these theme songs that are just so i mean i think there's like a whole separate thing for instrumentals versus lyrical because lyrical is really what we've been talking about for the majority of our conversation and how they kind of reference the plot. Because, you know, we can also think of instrumentals that capture a lot of the kind of tone of the show without having to say a lot when, you know, you're thinking about Seinfeld, where it's just like a bass line, or Curb Your Enthusiasm, where it's just like, <laughs> which honestly makes you think of like, if it was a theme song which I love because there that is a lot of the moments that you're watching on that show. So, yeah, and you know, the baseline in Seinfeld is also kind of like reflecting it being this like what goes behind a stand-up comic and kind of like slapping the bass and slapping, you know, slapstick jokes. So, I think there's a lot of mirroring there. And yeah, animation is so tough because too cuz yeah, we we've only gone on the surface for a few but it would be hard to not mention like Danny Elfman doing The Simpsons and he's done like Nightmare Before Christmas and Beetlejuice and all this stuff and obviously Simpsons being The Simpsons is just has a lot of they'll show up in a lot of conversations because they do a lot of stuff um, but you know and then we have like the beginnings of like the Flintstones and Hanna-Barbera in general that have really concrete theme songs that yeah are a little more jingly are reminding you of what's going on in really basic concepts um but yeah that's i think like what the one thread we can get through all of these is there they might have begun as advertisements but they now kind of give you a little bit of a hook of what the show 
is meant to be. And that's our theme song. Uh, playing down there. Uh, it was done by Jay Wright. You can find him at jwrightmusic.com. Our artwork was done by Fen. You can find her at Fen Latte on Instagram. Uh, our website was done in thanks to Coco. Uh, we have a production manager, BMAC, and uh, we got a listener note that someone was very excited that we mentioned Puffy Yumi. So we might uh, this might be a tease to revisit that at some point. Uh, you can find previous episodes of Primetime Party Time on Apple, Spotify, wherever you listen to your podcasts. If you want to rant, roast, and or rave with us, you can hit us up by sending us an email at info at ptptshow.com uh, via our voicemail or chat box on the ptptshow.com homepage. And of course, listen live next Monday at 9 p.m. on the very same ptptshow.com for another primetime party time. I've got a couple seconds here for this to play out this time. Just keep grooving around to our own theme song. The full version of this theme song is released on jwrightmusic.com. Oh, yeah. Do take a listen, guys. hour on uh like something that's very very visual and audio focused without (laughs) being able to give any sort of reference to either of those things it's kind of amazing well definitely see how that goes over with everyone other than me interjecting ever so often with a quick Quick, in case you haven't heard it, don't make me dance, don't make me sing, I will sing two seconds of the song.